Sessions with Mary Jane. I am your host, Jordan Freed. And I am your other host, Brendan O'Brien. And we are currently sans Rena, but uh, we are joined by uh, a very special friend and a special guest. Uh, so... He'll probably uh, d- double the the weight of a normal guest because uh, I had a lot of good times with him, and he also is doing a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, he is an actor currently living in New Orleans. Uh, Tevin Marbeth. Hello, hello! Thank you guys for having me. Um, I was very intrigued by uh, you know the whole theme of the podcast and uh, yeah. knowing you, Jordan, and just how you live your life and how comedy follows you everywhere. I was like, yeah, I'm about it. And of course, it's a pleasure to meet you. It's Brandon, right? Yeah, Brandon, yeah. Well, that's a great segue, and we usually we warm into the uh, meeting Jordan origin story, but I think we have to start off the bat. How do you and Jordan know each other? How did you guys meet? Um, I think that Jordan and my, my best friend here, Hunter, had possibly uh, met briefly uh, before, but... Um, Jordan was a film student, and he was doing his thesis film. Uh, and uh, yeah, we had we had talked we had talked about another project uh, that he had worked on, and we got to reading the script. And he's like, "I have something for you and Hunter. If you guys are about it." Um, he gave us this fantastic script, and uh, of course, we were like, "Absolutely, man! We we have to be a part of this. Like, this is an amazing story, and uh, hopefully, we can do justice in telling it." And so, um, we told this beautiful story of of uh, a young man who is in a long distance relationship, and things go south when he finds out that um, she's taken her life, and he finds out and. I don't want to give too much away because I would love for everybody to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a terrible sense. And his his reaction to that situation is not necessarily what most people would think that, uh, you know, someone who loves Lauren would go through. So uh, it's an interesting, um, interesting story on, like, the grieving process, mm-hmm. especially for someone of of our generation mm, yes 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 and for those of you guys listening <laughs> out there the show you're talking about is wings of course and you can watch the wings it's available on the lnh uh patreon right uh, i think so and it's also available on uh youtube uh you can search wings directed by jordan freed and i think also on facebook under wings directed by jordan freed yes. just so that uh i guess it's easier to find than the other wings that exist <laughs> yes yes um yeah but tevin was great in it uh, I think I actually might have met him once on, like, the first film project I did that, like, Hunter was acting in, perhaps. I think I think he came yeah. by the set one time, and that was kind of fun, too. Um, I, think that's, yeah, I think that was the first man. But Tevin uh, is a very talented actor, so uh, on Sessions with Mary Jane, we end up giving people a challenge just to do in the background if people get a little too stony and uh, end up like, what do I talk about? I don't even know. Uh we give people a challenge just to keep going in the background. So we figured uh, Oscars are coming up. You're an actor. Name as many uh, best actors as you can, uh, female and uh, male. And that's just like any time oh, you want to. People that have won? Yes, yeah. that have won. Yes, they must have taken home oh, the golden statue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, uh, as far as like my language, am I, am I allowed to swear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> we do not censor anything um, on here. You say whatever you want. I'd like to start with uh, Tom Hanks. Um, 
Yes. Uh, Two-time winner, Tom Hanks, actually. Uh, my man Denzel. Hopefully, he he's a winner. I think yeah. what Halle Berry. Yes, Halle Berry. Yep. Uh, yeah. Starting as uh, icons. Yeah. Now, Kevin, would you <laughs> would you say any of these actors that you've named so far are your favorite actor of all time? Um, I mean, Denzel is definitely. Uh, I love his versatility. Mm-hmm. I love his uh, his ability to command attention and his just presence. Um, I love that when he's not necessarily a good guy, um, mm-hmm. you still have a hard time not rooting for his character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that I would love to ha- have mirrored in my career a little bit uh, to touch upon that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember uh, Tom Hanks is, I mean, he's a, he's a G. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the ability to carry a film uh, as an individual by himself, I think, is something just like Castaway is my shit. Mm. Um, I could watch that anytime. I'm terrified of open bodies of water, and I will still watch that movie anytime. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Were you afraid of bodies of water before you watched Castaway or after the... Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, it's a lifelong thing, and uh, movies like that just kind of reaffirm. Like, you know, like, I picture myself in that situation having to build a shoddy raft, and, you know, a whale just, you know, comes (laughs) up next to me. I'm dying. I'm dying of a heart attack (laughs) in that moment. That's the end of the story. There's no beautiful, like, reunion. There's dead body raft in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, it's gotta be a very unique experience for people who have ever been eaten by a whale or a large sea creature that, like, there's, there's gotta be a moment where at some point you see it in front of you and you're like, this is the end. I'm, I'm dying at the, hand of this, at, the, at the hand of this very large animal in front of me. I mean, not everybody has, like, the, the picturesque, beautiful, oh, it's a whale story. Right. Right. <laughs> right. What, what's, what's the scariest creature in the water for you? Um, probably something that we have not discovered yet. Mm. I mean, uh, people are so, so focused on exploring outer space. And I honestly think that the ocean is far more interesting and terrifying. Um, because we for sure know that there's life down there. Mm. And the fact that something can exist down there and just like goldfish, they get as big as their environment allows them. Like, I'm sure there are other creatures like that down there, and nah. <laughs> Wait, by that logic, if you put a goldfish in the ocean, would it grow as large as the ocean? Um, if it could survive from that, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it would be a terrifyingly large goldfish. Yeah, wow. Barring, barring other, like, apex predators in there. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea that, like, a goldfish that's considered, like, the smallest of all the sea creatures can one day wreak havoc and revenge. Uh, now join the podcast, uh, Rena. Hey, uh, hi. hi, how are you? Oh, fantastic, fantastic! <laughs> Just uh, visiting my fears of of deep sea anything. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Are you afraid of deep sea, Rena? Uh, yeah, the fact that there's a lack of oxygen. Ah, uh, yes, that too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a sandy. That's a good so starting that. point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the fact that if you're really, really. Uh, far down and the pressure that's why i would never scuba diving sounds fun Mm. but i would never actually do it Mm. um yeah plus all the training you have to do but i mean if you had a role tevin if you had to if you had to 
film something underwater. Oh, God. Can I tell you how much I think about this? <laughs> okay, first of all, I'm like, okay, Tevin, these these productions, these directors, they're going to work with you. They're going to be, like, in bodies of water that makes sense. It's going to be a pool where it's, you know, you can stand up and, you know, you're fine. You just have to act. But then I'm also like, Tevin, you're just terrible in the water. Like, if they need you to swim and look graceful, that's not, you're never getting that shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> If I oversold my skills, but uh, yeah, so don't put me in the water world. Don't put me in something like that. Yo, you yes. would not make it. <laughs> you would be because they did. I think a reboot of what? In Hunger Games, if there was a reboot or another another Hunger Games, I don't know how many there are. I don't check the books. Um, yeah. yeah, you would you would want to be on land. Peter, Peter, malark it up like <laughs> let me paint myself into a tree. Yeah, Earth, right. Earth skills all right. day. Yeah. Water, I'm gonna die. Like if you want my character to die, write a water, like write a water scene. Wow, right. he's playing the character of scared man in water so convincingly. It's brilliant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll take I'll take my Oscar now. <laughs> yeah. What What do you think is the most physically demanding uh, shoot you've had to do so far in your career? Uh, physically demanding, it would probably be a tie between. Um, I had a really cool experience where I got to be a hologram for HBO's Watchmen, um, but the. The environment for that was very particular. Uh, I was in a huge cylinder of a green screen. Um, and with the film lights being as bright as they are, and that just being like a bright neon green, you have like this weird sort of vision blindness that happens. Mm. Um, and so they, they give you your sight line, and they mark it, of course, with bright neon orange or pink tape. So that starts to disappear. Mm. And you're you're really trying to focus on you know, the experience that you build, the character that you build, and really, at the same time, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to to push that reality away. Um, whereas, like, having another actor um, in front of you, I find is a lot, you know, easier because you have something that's going to help you focus on them. Um, so that, and then I did a short film uh, called The Negro and the Cheese Knife. And I played a, oh, wow. a guy who gets who's breaking into an apartment and spent some time in handcuffs. And I had to sit for a very long time on a cold concrete floor. And when I tell you, my ass, <laughs> my ass was like the most uncomfortable. Like they're like, let's let's get this shot. Tevin is dying over there. Oh, no. Like, Tevin, uh, do you need help being uh, lean forward or something like that? It's like, just like I need a pillow, something. Um, fantastic project, um, but yes, it was it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot for my butt. Yeah, which is harder, like the like the situation where you have to like make up everything because nothing is real around you, or like the situations where everything is literally there but it's very uncomfortable because it's too, almost too real at that point. Um, I think that as an actor, um, I, I, I have no problem building worlds around me and in front of me, but just like that final dress rehearsal where you finally get to put on your costume for the first time, just like that helps you get into the character on a whole nother level. 
the more involved with like people or whatever there is, I feel like it's going to be that much easier of a time just naturally stepping into an environment, into a scene. Um, but on that being said, I think being able to deliver that without, you know, all the realness, all the people there. Um, I don't know if you guys seen uh, Benedict Cumberbatch um, being smog and just mm. his selling that with yeah. his physicality. And it's like, you're like, that man is a dragon. Like, I don't know if he knows what he looks like to us. Mm. We see him in a black spandex suit with a bunch of little dots. <laughs> but he, like, he was a dragon. So, yeah. um <laughs> I, I enjoy both mm. a lot. Yeah, yeah. It is very interesting because a, a lot of acting in front of a camera is technical. Yeah, and a lot of things, anything you want to do that requires digital effects, CGI, it's not really bouncing off of another actor anymore. Mm-hmm. It's you know, yeah, these dots. <laughs> it's like this suit. It's like what are the people doing in post? Um, did you guys already uncover? Because I know it came a little later, but. Did you um, uncover, like, what was your beginning, your start into acting? Or what made you kind of fall into that field? Okay. Um, I'm going to go to the beginning. I'm curious. My acting origin story um, (laughs) that I have a crazy family life story. Um, I am the seventh child out of 13 from my mother. Um, So it's, like, right in the middle. Um, I also grew up in foster care um, and was adopted while I was in foster care. And part of that came with being uh, me and my siblings, some of the only children that were allowed to be uh, photographed or used for any sort of like promotional things for this foster care organization. Um, so I was a peacekeeper in my family. I was the the mediator, the moderator. I was willing to get rid of my dignity and be a clown if that meant peace and laughter in my household. And then uh, from a very early age, you know, I had to deal with cameras and this, you know, uh, larger than life world where people, you know, got makeup before they went on and it didn't matter who you were and everybody got, you had people dressing you up and um, it was something I was always fascinated with. Um, and so, of course, I pursued theater in grade school, um, dropped off for a while, uh, we fell in love with it in high school, um, decided that that's what I wanted to do in my life, much to my mother's dismay. Um, <laughs> I, was very, I was a very bright student at the, at the time. Um, and yeah, it's just something that felt right like nothing else had in my life before. Mm-hmm. And uh, people always preached, you know, the... Um, find something that you love for work and it'll, it'll never feel like you work a day in your life. Mm. Um, don't do something if you're not going to be happy with it. And there's nothing else in my life that fit quite like acting uh, for that thing. So I was like, yeah, this is, this is me. This is what I want to do. And so. That's awesome. Yeah. That's you're uh, really well trained in acting and uh, you actually, you got trained in a very interesting place, didn't you? Uh, yeah, not, um, you don't have to get political or anything. Uh, no, 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 no. A little bit more about the training. Wait, did you train at the White House? Oh my god! No, no, no. Four-year term. But I studied in uh, Illinois for the most part at Northern Illinois University. Um, not too exciting. Lots of cornfields. Lots of brown drab buildings. Um, 
but the theater program was phenomenal. And the um, president of our theater program was actually a, Ru- a Russian immigrant, uh, learned how to speak English from watching I Love Lucy. Uh, and it was just phenomenal, phenomenal gentleman, Alex- Alexander Gelman. Um, and it just so happens that he has uh, very strong connections with the president of the Moscow Art Theater School in Moscow, Russia. Um, so part of the school's program was the first semester of your junior year, and you got to spend a semester studying at the Moscow Art Theater uh, School, uh, theater in uh, Moscow. Um, so I, I spent the first semester of my junior year there. Um, we went to school six days a week, and it was the most demanding but rewarding uh, part of my collegiate experience. Um, the appreciation for arts um, there was, it was so deep that it, it went beyond people who were merely just interested in art. Uh, your, your everyday person knew the great poets and the great theater actors, and it, it was just, it was really, really cool to, to witness that um, and to be pushed to a whole other level myself and to be seen at that level uh, as an artist was uh, really uh, affirming. So, yeah, and wow, then back to, back to Illinois to finish it all up, and uh, then I moved with the homie down to New Orleans to chase the dream. Mm. How, how do you think uh, New Orleans has influenced your art? And oh, what another great place to be for an appreciation of the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a resilience and strength to the people here. Um, at first I didn't quite get it. I was like, wow, do you guys ever turn off the party? As <laughs> uh, like, how do you guys never feel exhaustion from it? But then I took a deeper look into this place and everything that the residents and the natives have gone through and how they just keep bouncing back. And it was a celebration of life and a celebration of them existing and, and being able to bring art forth every day. Um, so there was a deeper appreciation of musicality uh, that happened with my artistry. Um, there was a greater acceptance of myself uh, just as a person, which I think um, then reflects in the confidence of my acting um, here in this community. So, yeah. And then also the New Orleans theater and film culture is so supportive Mm -hmm. and so willing to help the next person with an opportunity, with an educational experience that even when I wasn't booking things with my agent um, or on the national, commercial, whatever level, I had people that I knew were doing great works coming up with their own independent films and were passionate about it and, and were talented. And, and they were, were reaching out and saying, hey, do you want to work on this? And um, that's kept me working since I've been here. And I think that's a gift that uh, a lot of other communities don't necessarily have. Mm. Yeah. How does having a supportive community like that change or affect you as an artist? It makes you step into a, a, a more creative version of yourself. Uh, whereas you may never have thought about writing something yourself. 
you have a group of people that are going to encourage that and say, hey, you know, we've done a couple of projects together. Um, I love your ability to improv in the scene. Like, have you ever thought about writing something yourself? And then you have that that spark that is that's ignited. And you're like, hey, you know, maybe that that opportunity that I've been looking for is in what this person is suggesting that I take the time to write mm. for myself. And it's just like a discover, a discover, rediscovering of yourself and uh, discovering of new gifts in yourself uh, as an artist. Um, Have you been writing uh, anything or like, you know, diving into new material when the pandemic happened? I personally, I, um, I write a lot of poetry. Um, I have started, I love like sci-fi, supernatural stuff. Mm. Um, and, and I also have, um, an idea of a like space cowboy, a black space cowboy thing that I really want to bring to fruition. Um, so there's, yeah, there's definitely things that, that are sparked. Um, and yeah, as like, I'm, I, as I'm here, more opportunities like i've read more and more scripts so that's helping me be able to say hey you know i've read enough scripts where i can actually take a stab at writing something myself and feel comfortable yeah. because it's not something that's alien to me i can see how really talented people have figured out how to tell a story yeah in a yeah. way that you know the best for for an audience to digest or maybe not always the best or easiest for an audience to digest but being able to to do that and so like okay it gets you thinking about what you're capable of outside of your obvious gifts absolutely i guess you also find your voice through that different channel um acting and then versus writing it's it's kind of like you're uh just different things come out of your yeah creativity like you're saying when you're acting how much um what is the balance between, or I guess, would like the freedom that you like versus sticking to the script and improvisation? Um, I would say I, I love the challenge of of both. Um, I think sometimes myself, as a as an individual, in my experience there's always more that I want to say. Mm-hmm. Like, like, why is this character not just say this? <laughs> and sometimes being uh, confined to, to exactly what the script says, a lot of times that's a gift yeah. because that's the real human experience. When you're with someone and you're in a heated moment, yeah, sure, there's a lot of shit that you want to say, but it doesn't always come out. Sometimes you say that one stupid line, and if someone was in the room watching you, they'd be like, why are you an idiot? (laughs) (laughs) Like, we were just in the other room. We had a great conversation of all these things you should have said. And so, like, (laughs) it's real. It offers real life in that, um, in that I don't have the opportunity to change uh, those moments. Um, but then again, moments where I can improv and bring something of my own to a character into a scene, um, I think that's golden. I think that's like little, little bits of magic. Um, what would you say? Because, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, it's just like, you're like adding, adding little bits of flavor that you maybe didn't know would be there. Right, Um, right. Like, um, having said that, what would you say is when you're exploring it on set with each different project you're, you're working on, what would you say is your 
acting love language? Like, what would you mm. say, how you like to communicate on set with a director? Or what you like to... If that phrasing is weird, is that what no, <laughs> um, I, I love just straight-up honesty. Um, uh, I love a, a director that is not afraid to say, hey, this is what we need in this scene, uh, and then steps back and, allow, and trusts mm-hmm. that you'll be able to deliver and, and give notes here and there where they feel are necessary. Um, it's kind of nerve-wracking as an actor where you have a director that, you know, is always like, great job, you're doing great, you're doing great. It's like, really? Like, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want me to step here and do any, anything different? Um, so having someone that's that's that can be honest with you in that sense and, and know that it's not going to, like, damage relationship or, or impair the artistry, um, I think that's really, really cool. Um, because um, for my education, a lot of the times having a teacher in a moment in the scene saying, okay, yeah, that's all fantastic, that's fantastic, but what about if we took this and tweaked it just mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. And that's a magic moment. Yeah. And um, I don't know if this goes along with the lines. I had a great conversation with Christian Bale. Um, he was a part of... Um, <laughs> just, you know. What a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> with him it was a part of a, a fundraiser for children of foster care mm. and he was telling me about how subjective the art is and um how you as an actor may think that you have delivered your absolute gold best self in a scene and think that that's beautiful and a director might go uh, let's keep going to get get a couple of different takes and you're like what the hell what the hell mm. and then later you see what happens in the editing room and how that scene that you you know even the, you never, no one else in the world is going to see that take that you thought was you know your hottest shit but that what the director was looking for and your ability to give them that in the moment and take that note created something that was so outside of your understanding and and is so good for the whole story in retrospect it's like you have to be able to let go of yourself and your own wants sometimes and uh, i think that's also it helps it helps get rid of the you and it brings in more of the character when you have to go okay maybe this is not something that necessarily feels comfortable but then you have to ask yourself is that me Mm. is that me holding on to something and not allowing the character to actually breathe and exist. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love to be able to explore and play mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, no, of course. I guess that goes along the lines of what you're saying about trust, though. Because, yeah, if you don't, um, if you aren't along the ride with everybody else who is uh, part of the production, and then you're just, you know, like picking your battles or being argumentative or not being like open enough to that experience, then you wouldn't get that 
magic moment or whatever it is that you know the spur of the moment but then yeah i guess you would, <laughs> go back and get that for your reel because <laughs> you yeah. Just, like, it's all for the real it's all for the real there's just that void of uh clips that are never seen by the public because directors didn't choose them but actors gave their all yeah <laughs> where are all those the extended i mean cuts. it's it's like do you do you necessarily want that for your reel though yeah right true. Yeah. because what everyone else has seen and maybe what's gotten you a nominated for something uh-huh. great, yeah. you know, maybe that's it. And people, people, audience members are like, like, yeah, like I said, are subjective. You never know what yeah. people are gonna like. Yeah. You know, people might go back and be like, oh yeah, you know, I watched that scene later. It was a deleted scene and it was fucking phenomenal. What were they thinking? Blah blah blah. <laughs> like, that's what I was saying. <laughs> um, but overall, I think is as long as you're coming through with truth and a great project um i think that's what makes it worthwhile yes yeah. well and you know you know you you know you acted that brilliantly and like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you well you, you take that was just for you that piece is yours yeah. like you take it with mm-hmm. you exactly and mm-hmm. you give making a movie there's always it takes from you and you take some of it you know that is the relationship um random question is there someone in particular that you would want to do a biopic of? Is that how you pronounce it? Is that what it's called? I think it's really bi- biopic. biopic. But I, I what say, is it? How I say biopic. It's um, whatever you want. To yeah, be. somebody famous, or I guess I don't know, not famous. I know, is there somebody you would want to play in a movie? Um, there's always been a uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. Um. There you look been, a lot uh, like him. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, I get it. Like, how that little kid go to me like, you look like that man we learned about in school. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's his name? <laughs> MLK Jr. And I'm like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it's like, what a heavy uh, role. What a huge responsibility. Yeah. What huge shoes to fill. Um, but I think it would be a great... Uh, a great test for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was like I'm sure. Uh, as far as how he's portrayed to media, it's a lot of seriousness. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you necessarily see like home telling jokes, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and I've seen some really great pictures of him playing pool, but mm-hmm. he's he's a pretty uh, serious energy to him. Yeah. Um, and me personally, I am light and bubbly and ah, same message to love same message to love yeah <laughs> yeah it's just a comedy um, starring you as martin luther king yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be great i would like, be very if he, if he was alive today like and was just seeing the world just like oh god <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's a funny idea <laughs> Ooh, yeah wait um, yeah so yeah um that's one up there for sure that's all I can think of now as far as like someone that I could really sell yeah 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 what is the scariest thing for you uh aside from aquatic animals uh and taking on a new role uh especially one that's like a little bit meatier that you're like you're really excited about um as far as having the opportunity to uh portray a character uh especially that is responsible for a large part of the story um, is is just maintaining an honest, truthful ex- experience for that character. Mm-hmm. 
technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Oh no, did, did it come out? Quick, Brendan, commercial. Uh, this is a great time for all you listeners out there to know that LNH has got plenty of things for you. Uh, going on, you can go to latenighthump.com, lnhstudios.com. It goes to the same place. We own both of the domains. <laughs> so just go to Late Night Hump, uh, where, wherever you can. We got the social media. We have a ton of stuff coming out this month for you guys. Oh so gosh, be yeah. prepared. As I know we say that every, every episode, but we do. We need it this <laughs> time videos. more than ever. <laughs> more videos, more, uh, more everything. All right. And we're back. We're back with Tevin. Hello. Sorry about that. I also like the lights and uh, what's going on in your home. You didn't see transition. Also, the mouse. I keep hearing the meowing, and it's just like I've been. I've met your cats. That's my cat, Pacha. They're so cute. I know they're so cute. Yeah, he's obsessed with outside. (laughs) 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 He's trying to tell me it's time to go outside, but I think he was just out there. So, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, you were saying, um, you were, you were talking about uh, fears. Uh, oh, what, being honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah being honest. Maintaining what, yeah, um, honesty, consistency. Yeah, um, and then not being able to tap into a part of myself as far as emotion. Um, that's something that's scary. Um, because, I mean, it's part of the challenge and part of my love of being an actor is diving into other people's feelings and emotions and perspectives. Um, but sometimes it's scary. Um, not knowing if, you know, you can take it that deep in the, in that moment when you're in a room full of cameras and, and, uh, cast and crew, you know, everybody's watching you and just blocking that out and, and being vulnerable and stripping down to, to the meat of, of the scene and the situation. Um, that can be a little nerve-wracking sometimes. Um, it's an exciting challenge mm-hmm. because if, when I mean when you hit the mark and you and you and you you bring that to life, um, it teaches you something about yourself and what you're capable of. Uh, so that's really cool, but it's it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying um, because you think, oh yeah, you know I can be vulnerable, I can cry, and then they're like, boom you're in this crazy outer space scene uh your brother your sister your mother just got eaten alive by aliens right in front of you yeah. like, this is not what i would imagine like i would be crying for <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not how i saw it mm. um uh, but making that real or like it even in, i was watching um uh the flintstones movie uh the other day nice. and it's a silly little scene but um the the character had to cry and it still had to be just as real and as emotionally driven as, as you know, that, that alien horror in my family just got eaten by alien scenes. Like, mm-hmm. they both have to be real. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to bring that truth in any situation, it's nerve-wracking, it's terrifying, and some sick part of me loves it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What kinds of uh, film and TV uh, do we not have right now? Or, uh, or maybe it's out there, but we need more of it. Um, I love the, like, good friend group, um, like, sitcom. Mm. I would love to see one, uh, uh, with black men Mm. where it's just lighthearted and goofy and it can have that and just be that and... And while yes, there's a truth of of a lot of black experiences where it's tougher, um, 
there are other stories that are being snuffed out. Like they're just like black black men and black boy joy um, that kind of gets tossed to the side um, because we have to deal with a lot. And I, and I understand it, but I just want to see lighthearted, fun, goofy like situations. Um, Wait, who's your dream cast? Who like right now? Someone's like, oh, we're, we're gonna make this movie for you. Who do you cast as these black friends in the show? I mean, like I I love Donald Glover. Um, uh, yeah. Community Donald Glover, and that's almost yeah. <laughs> both are brilliant. Both are brilliant, but that's that's the dynamic I'm talking about. Where mm. I feel like, as as beautiful as a show as Atlanta is, if you were to give um, that like multicultural friend group that energy and that lightheartedness, I think we would have a blast with it. Mm. Um, I think it would be so great. Um, for young communities to see and see like, Oh wow. You know, that humanizes that, that group of people that, um, I wasn't so sure about because they, they go and do the same silly shit as me, like the silly same friend group stuff. And I think that would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like Tyler and the creator going out and do Jack doing jackass stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's a whole group of like young kids being like, Hey, you know, it's not just those silly white boys out here, you know, hitting our nuts on fences and stuff like that. <laughs> There's a whole b- bunch of, like, black guys over there, like, yo, uh, we're all our people. So I, I just want to bring that, bring that. Very cool, very cool. Uh, well, Tevin, aside from being a talented actor, we also, uh, you are also a dancer of sorts, is this correct? Yes. Um, I love to dance. Um, mostly self-taught. Uh I mostly like just like my personal passion. It's like my therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's good music playing. I'm moving. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's in the house, the restaurant. Um, hopefully, you don't have good music playing at a funeral. Because <laughs> <laughs> be moving. I can't help it. Yeah, or maybe you do um, want that. Maybe you need to light up the funeral a little bit by playing I mean, some fucking beats. If someone just give me a sketch is, idea. <laughs> If someone's having a funeral like that, I will show up. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yes, uh, mostly hip hop, freestyle stuff. Um, yeah, it's just a good feeling. It's it's also good in building self trust and uh, improv improving. You know, just trusting the movie music, uh, trusting yourself to move, and not judging yourself. A lot of people have that problem when it comes to dance. Um, did you struggle with that at all? When you, when you first started dancing, did you have to deal with overcoming that? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, like, I wouldn't dance in front of people for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, public humiliation was, uh, was a big thing for me, a big t- uh, fear. Um, and I thought I would look stupid or I would look foolish or I would slip and, and be that person that falls and never recover from it publicly. Um and one moment at, at a camp I went to, they had like some weird like Muckman's closet, you know. Oh, this kid bring this. Whoever has the best dance move, bada bada bada. And uh, me and my sister ended up being like the two winners, and they had us have a dance off. And I was like, Oh crap, what have I got myself into? But I, I'm here, I got a dance, so I hit my best like James Brown, Michael Jackson move. <laughs> Um, probably looked a little crazy, but everyone loved it. Yeah, everyone accepted me for I was, and uh, it was another passion that just kind of, you know, blew up inside of me. I, I was absolutely about it from that day on. 
yeah. What are uh, your must-have artists? Who do you, who are on your Spotify or on your, uh, your playlist right now? Whatever you got going. Uh, I mean, the origin, the originator of the like glide for me was Usher. I saw him at a uh, music award thing. He did a glide and like slid his chain around. And I was like, I need to know how to do that. Yeah. So, uh, Usher, um, I love uh, Frank Ocean, Daniel Caesar. Um, I love uh, J. Cole Wale, Chris Brown. Uh, they're all really good in the dance studio. Uh, fun beats, fun treats. <laughs> Do you think yeah. uh, Frank Ocean's dropping anything anytime soon? Um, or you think he's when it comes to Frank Ocean, I have learned the best thing to do is be patient. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's always worth it. I, yeah. He's an example of an artist that uh, people have allowed to just produce in his own time, um, and his own form, and tell his story how he wants to tell it. And I think the product we see from that is beautiful work. Um, I think it's free. I think uh, people who resonate it and resonate with it uh, do so because he's imparted a lot of himself in it. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I, I, I will never rush that man. I will never rush any musician that I like, even in times where I am crazy for new music and new just, I'm like, take your time. Take yeah, your time and keep putting out of you. Because then it's more human and it's less right. like a, you know, business machine. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's why people fall in love with artists. Yes. Yeah. 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 And there's nothing else quite like music. There's no. nothing else that feels like it. There, there is nothing like that's it. That's yeah. it. They're supposed to take what's from their brains and make it into a sound? What? Like, yeah. where does it come from? <laughs> it's magic. It comes from nowhere. It's yeah. not. There's not tangible. None of this is tangible. Yeah. You just feel it in your body. Yeah. <laughs> you feel your ears. You feel it in your head. No, I'm getting myself excited. Yeah. No, I'm like wow. I like. Like, it's funny because like music is one of those things. Like, it always, it does always exist. But it's like when you put it that way, you're like, yeah, like it really is. Like, it's, it's, it is like a. It's like you can say so much about it, but you also, it's like a hard thing to describe if you don't know what it is already, right? Do any of you play instruments? Yes, I play, I play some alto sax. Try teaching okay. yourself piano. Yeah. yeah. I well. so at least you have some sort of music brain there. Yeah. Because it's a lot of math. It's a lot of do-do-do-do-do. And part of me intuitively understands that. Yeah. <laughs> but once I stop and go, this is math. The whole system shuts down. Yeah, <laughs> it's also rhythm. You have to have yes. literally feeling yeah. a beat. Like the, the first caveman made the first beat. Like, <laughs> yo, you have rock, to rock. <laughs> beat. <laughs> you feel like you're doing sounds pleasant. Yeah. Well, I think I think to your point about like trusting yourself with like when you were talking about dancing before, I think that's one of the things with rhythm is like you have to really trust yourself because you have to trust that you're that you do have a good sense of rhythm or that you like are tuned into whatever the rhythm yeah. is, you know. Because I think it, I think if you don't trust yourself, it's very hard to trust that you are on beat because then you'll just be second-guessing yourself the entire time. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think, I think what happens is your brain is occupied with with focusing on that instead of simply just being like, one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would, you, like, would you say that you have a musical brain? Um, in a sense, yes. Yeah. In, a, in a way, yes. Like, 
I love to dance. Uh, you play any sort of new song for me, and I'll find a way to move to it that looks good. That mm-hmm. that's on rhythm. Like I don't know what it is. Um, I like to sing. Um, if I'm singing along with something, I, I sound pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that leaves when I don't. When I if I'm trying to sing and I don't have the song accompanying with me, it's like uh, all of a sudden I can't keep the tempo. Yeah. Like uh-huh. and there are th- things that just go askew. Uh, um, I've tried uh, many times. I'm still trying to teach myself how to play some instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I mime playing the piano all the time. And when I do, these fingers are like, you know, butter smooth, bop, bop, bop. When it comes to actually, <laughs> they, they they go to, like, remedial. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, one, two, three. You just have to be in those bands that... That mind the instruments? What is it called? Like an air band? Yeah, an yeah. air band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You just mastered yeah. an air band. Yeah, air band's oh, all about confidence. Like, you're phenomenal. If, if you're confident, you can phenomenal. play Phenomenal. Yeah. I could watch Tevin do like 30 minutes of it. Yeah. <laughs> Performance. Yeah, I could do that, yeah. I can, yeah, I'll figure out some drums. I'll invent some new ones. Yeah. Or some instruments. You want to play every instrument at the same time? All right. And dance. Like, right. yeah. I like those street performers. Hmm. The street performers that yes. got like the bucket and the cymbals yes. and the harmonica. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what's the street performing scene like uh, down in New Orleans? Um, I mean, I think it's pretty great. Um, oh, lots of talented people. Best. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, lots of talented people, you know, going out, making their music. Um, I think a lot of kids, what, what's great about New Orleans is a lot of kids. Uh, music is just part of their lives from a very early age. Mm-hmm. Um, so that playing an instrument, um, having an appreciation for uh, music in a more complex sense uh, is ingrained early. Um, so, yeah, like there's bucket drummers. They're out there, little kids, six, seven, you know, crushing it. Uh, tap dancing is a big thing here. Yeah. Um so I think it's a really cool um, skill to pick up as a kid. I wish I had learned it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of because yeah. a lot of marching bands, obviously. Yeah. Like New Orleans is the place for parades. <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah. it's a good time. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say uh, you have a little bit of a special talent. Um, you have a very elastic face. When did you discover that you <laughs> have a very elastic face? <laughs> Right, would you like uh, to tell people a little bit about easy. that? <laughs> so uh, this was something that I thought was just normal of everyone. Oh um, so after I would get done in the shower as a kid, I would spend time just making weird faces at myself. <laughs> and one day I was bored in class and I got this stretching. Oh, yeah, I remember you uh, did this. And then we were in the oh, my cheeks. Yeah. yeah, that's and not normal. one of my classmates goes... Turn around and tell me something. It's cool. Like, oh, what are you doing? Your face? <laughs> and I was like, I'm stretching it, man. You're like, like a everybody, boy. Everybody, everybody can stretch your face, stretch your skin. And he goes, Nah, man, you're just weird. <laughs> um, I cannot. So, yeah, it's a it's a syndrome. It's called Ehlers Danlos syndrome, oh. and um, it's a mutation that causes 
uh, basically different levels of elasticity uh, issues in people. Uh, thankfully, my case is not too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes me capable of uh, doing work, stuff like that. I used to pretend like uh, I, would, I would pull this down and like block out my real neck. And oh like, my God. <laughs> Like the old roll-up curtain window shutter thing, like... I bet you did, yeah. <laughs> Looney Tunes, you're like in a Looney Tunes. Yeah, I, I think I think that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you put that on when you go to an audition? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I put it on my resume. I'm like, yeah, skin, skin stretcher. I don't know how else to like... <laughs> yeah. it. Like, that could mean some different things. Yeah, that can mean a lot of different things. Just <laughs> yeah, so they have to ask you about me, ask about it, if they're brave enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have they? Um, have you had people on auditions ask you about your stretcher? Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like um That's uh, they think they did like freak show down here american horror oh, story yeah. stuff like that so like they're Ooh, from all sorts yeah. of, i'm not the type that's gonna like hook myself somewhere and like um yeah <laughs> 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 i will pass on that opportunity <laughs> um but mostly it's really good for entertaining kids <laughs> i find that uh, kids really come out of their shell. I was a camp counselor for a very long time. Hmm. I've worked in schools. Um, they Once they see that, they're like, wow, that guy's weird. Uh, I don't think I can be any weirder than him. And it uh, allows them to really open up. Um, That's yeah. yeah. What were some of the things that you picked up from uh, being around children for so long? Um, Man, to just not take life so seriously. Um, to remember what it is like to be a kid and um, to have so many things be novel and new and exciting and and um, to treasure that and yeah and to be patient and mm-hmm. uh, how I communicate and how I listen um, and my ability to admit when I'm wrong mm-hmm. um, and set a you know proper example uh, and yeah that's ability to to create entirely different worlds mm-hmm. and and keep that magic alive and and just commit like children commit to decisions like when they're in that stuff like uh, if they say you're a dragon they're gonna come and try actually try to kill you like <laughs> not gonna pull their punch like right. it's dragon it's laying time <laughs> um so yeah just just the fun of it and uh, also that I don't want to have kids anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask that, yeah. yeah. What, would so, you, yeah. what would you tell um, young kids who are aspiring to be actors or people who are adults and are struggling right now on their acting path? What advice would you give them? I would say it's, one, never too late to try. Um, really, this world can be for anyone that wants to take the time to learn and be committed um, to anyone that's capable of taking a hard look at themselves and saying, hey, I am lacking in this area and um, I want to do the steps to work and grow. Um, I would say um, to anyone looking to get into acting, um, to be patient, um, not to doubt yourself or your choices, um, I've been rejected so much. Um, I call uh, acting uh, my uh, lesson in rejection yeah. um, because I don't care about I don't care about it anymore. Like I have auditioned for so many things that that whole mindset of 
go audition, do your best, leave the room, forget about it. Mm-hmm. That's so real. That's so real. Um, because, and especially with my good friend having his own casting company, you see that there are so many factors um, when it comes to selecting people to, to tell a story that it's it could be you're not to look. Maybe you just look a little too old or, or too bright or too bubbly and they're looking for something harder or tougher. Um, it's, it could be a myriad of reasons. Um, so really and truly never give up if this is something that you find you have passion for um, because it's, it's joy, it's art, it's, it's creating um and it's it's self-love in a way because mm-hmm. you really do learn a lot about yourself and other people and just humanity across the board uh when you pursue when you pursue this career field mm-hmm. are, are you uh celebrating Lundy Gras tonight are you having some fun tonight uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the Mardi Gras bug did not bite me this year mm-hmm. and I'm not mad about it um I've really been on just like a self growth kick. Um, and a lot of that is just like, you know, taking time to, to build myself and, uh, be kind to myself. Um, and <laughs> Mardi Gras is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's also not people, kind to yourself. That's a good uh, analysis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people partying hard. Um, and more power to them. I love them for it, but I will be happy when it's all over. Yeah. And we can just get back to the grind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm just taking it easy. Yeah. What is, do you have any, like, crazy stories from any experiences of being at or around Mardi Gras? <laughs> <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, just... Seeing it for the first time and actually seeing the entire place just shut down, like every business, everybody's out in the streets. One, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> people are really open. Um, uh, lots of uh, scantily clad people. I've been, I've been at bars um, in Bourbon. Bourbon Street is is a horror, and it is a. Uh, <laughs> magical place to take in uh, <laughs> I've had like people grab me and like put their boob my hand on their boob and be like hey this is how this is how we greet each other random dudes go up and like like hi like okay this is what's up what's up everybody this is the party we're at um yeah, I've seen some crazy shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, would I take any of it back? No. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, time we're gonna uh, check in with your uh, your challenge again. So, <laughs> see if there's any uh, other actor, best actor winners that you want to add to uh, your list. That you can <gasps> uh, I mean, there's like the Daniel Day Lewis's and the Sean Penns. Um, what? I can't think of the guy. My acting teacher taught him from, was it Sopranos? James Gandolfini? Did he win? Mm, I don't think, not an Oscar. Think, uh, yeah, really Oscar. Yeah. Um, oh, Kate Winslet? Mm-hmm. Kate Winslet's got one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Um, I mean, I'm more than one. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, right? 
Mm, oh, yeah, I think she, uh, her might have been best supporting, though. Uh, I think she won, oh, yeah, she might be supporting. Yeah, uh, I think she won for, uh, what's it called? The Clay Pot movie with Patrick Swayze. What's that one called? Will be Goldberg? Ghost. Yeah, I think she won for Ghost. That does sound familiar. What about... Okay, was it Octavia Spencer or Viola Davis? Viola Davis like, has won, yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, we'll see Goldberg was supporting. Do you generally look forward to the Oscars or any like the award season stuff? Um, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have felt like it was kind of like like the in crowd making decisions. Yeah. Uh, about what they feel thought was great, and not necessarily always the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the the like works of art and things going up and being nominated. Absolutely, the actual award ceremony. Um, I don't really ever like like. There's a couple of speeches here and there that I'm really like looking forward to because I might get something like really insightful from it mm. um, I, I love tributes to people who have been in the game and you know deserve their flowers uh, I love that part um, but other than that it's really yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, there, is there anything that you saw this past year that got snubbed like in general that you think uh, deserved to be recognized I mean there are definitely people that deserve to be recognized um, and I do think it's great that we take time, um, but the system for it maybe is not necessarily like my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think we should ever stop like recognizing like people like putting out great works. Because um, I mean that that's fantastic. Um, yeah. I guess that's, that's like the good part of the awards. Because like, the bad part is like the competitiveness, and the, cause, yeah. there's always gonna be a weird thing where it's like the idea of art competing with art just doesn't like, feel very contrary to art. Yeah, it's, right? it's a weird, it's a weird thing to, to gauge. Um, yeah. Like sometimes, like hands down, everybody's like, "Yes, that performance was so brilliant." Like no one came close this year. Like yeah. every once in a while, there's there's that, and I think that's like yeah, like. That actor, actor just deserves the, all the kudos, the director, whatever. Like, let's hype them up. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but like the celebration aspect is good because, like, it is. I think it's. Uh, I don't know. Do you feel like, um, like, does uh, does affirmation improve the experience of doing things for you, like doing uh, projects for you or uh, do you not like it or is it kind of like, are you kind of indifferent to it most of the time? I think you have to be careful with that um, because if that's ultimately what you're seeking, it can taint your experience with, with acting. Like I think about this a lot with a lot of actors that like not every project that they've been in or done is something that I'm like, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Hmm. Um, there have been some things like, yeah, you know, I love the actor, but that prod production was a miss for me. That film was a miss. And it's like, I like that, that we can do that. Um, I feel like even if an actor is not in something that's going to be Oscar nominated and, you know, 
I get all the accolades. I still think, you know, some of those smaller projects that they do are some people's favorite projects. Um, I think uh, some of the actors' favorite projects where they had the most rewarding experience where they learned the most uh, from themselves as an actor. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think if you're looking too much for outside, like, F, like confirmation for for whether this is a good project or something, it might stop you from reaching out and doing ex- projects will you grow or where you'll learn. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you take, like, Samuel L. Jackson and, like, cut it down like a modicum. <laughs> Whereas, like, he's done everything, but what a wealth of experience he's gained as an actor mm-hmm. from the different characters and situations he's he's had to portray. Um, not all of them freaking Oscar, like, but so many of them are warning to watch as an audience member. Um, and, I, and, like, just, uh, I watched his, um, what was it? The Masterclass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just hearing him talk about it, it's just, yeah. like, it's so rewarding. So rewarding. So, yeah, I think I think it's it's as long as you know that you gave your best to a project. I think that should always be your takeaway. Mm-hmm. If you gave your best to a project that was a complete dud, nobody liked it. It was in the box office and completely, you know, went under. Yada yada yada. What was your experience as an actor? If you had a good time. I think you can recover uh, as far as your career. Maybe people are like, I don't know if I want to touch that actor. I think you can get past things like that based on how you, you're able to look at your own experience. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, real quick, just because we're talking about Sam Jackson, what for you is the best Samuel L. Jackson movie and what's the worst Samuel L. Jackson movie? Hmm. <laughs> I love. That's a, that's a great question. There are a lot, though, right? So, like, I think he, he, I would say he's probably one of the people who has the most films that he's ever done. Like I mean, of course, I, I love the Pulp Fiction. I love the Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. um, the Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are all really great. Um, I think his Black Snake Moan and Django. Mm-hmm. Um, were phenomenal, mm. phenomenal yeah, performance. Yeah. Um, the extreme that he had to take each character. Um, uh, I think his character was initially like terrifying. Black space snake moan. Uh, there's a, a misunderstanding that happens with the audience and his character, and you get to grow and really learn more about about his character. Um, and his character's not always right about how he goes about everything, but it's it's such a deep performance. Um, and then his character in Django, I just hated the fuck out of him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, goddamn, if, if I could kill you myself in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, what an icon and, and for, uh, you know, very deserving. Very deserving yeah. of that, yeah. that title. Agreed, agreed. Uh, to, any uh, last minute, uh, Items you want to add to the list uh, right before we wrap up this uh, this podcast? Uh, you have lucky number seven. So you, have, you have seven. Uh, so far. Seven's a good number so far. Seven. 
Okay. I think seven. I think seven's a good number for me. I think so too. Uh, uh, my family. I got a tattooed on my body. Let's let's what? leave it at seven. We <laughs> we will not go past seven. That is a sign. Uh, so seven, Tevin. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Please uh, let the listeners at home know uh, where what, they can find you. Yeah. yeah, tags and handles. Um, you can find me uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Lucky Number Tevin, uh, Lucky Number Tev. Um, follow me for more updates on my acting career my artistry and if you just want to see a goofball do some silly shit that's me yes well you heard him people guys yeah thank you so much for being on the show this was no yeah i I jumped at the opportunity uh this was a blast uh it was really fun thank you so yeah Thanks. Cool. And thanks, you guys, for listening to another sessions of Mary Jane. Yeah, so just keep okay. on listening. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have so many Mary Janes, guys. Actually, we have over seventy Mary Janes that you can listen to now. <laughs> we have so, a lot. so Mary Janes. Yeah, yeah, so go over, listen to all these sessions of Mary Jane episodes. We have we have over a hundred episodes of the Morning Shower, which is the mm. morning news joke show that we do during the week every single morning. And so, don't worry about what's on the TV. Don't read what's on your computer and your newspaper. Come to just listen, listen to us. Use your ears. Yeah, and F you. Just kidding. We love you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> <laughs>